Hello, and welcome to the NBA Summit podcast edition, where we're diving into the topics prospective NBA candidates actually care about and giving you real answers from real students. I'm John Byrne, Editor-in-Chief of Poets and Quants, and today I'm joined by three current full-time MBA students who have decided that investing in the program of an MBA was the right decision. We'll be talking about how they paid for it, why they think it's worth it, and how they're planning to get the most out of the program. So let's get started. We have three folks here. I'll introduce each of them. The first is a person who just got a couple of great job offers and has decided to go to Amazon. He uh, also was accepted by Apple, Shovik Bhattachara, and uh, he is graduating this year. In fact, he's graduating early because he front-loaded a lot of credits. He was on our best and brightest list. So, welcome. And we have Marcus Tannenbaum, who has really brought unusual experience to Ross. Uh, He had worked as the head of IT at the White House for both the Obama and the Trump administrations, and had served in the U.S. Air Force. And then we have Lex Mills, who is graduating in 21 with Marcus. They're both in the same section at Michigan Ross. And you are a dual degree candidate. Yes, I actually Uh, just found out I got accepted to the urban planning program this morning. Oh, very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, let's start off. If you include tuition and foregone salary, the cost of an MBA is significant. So tell me, how did you kind of figure out whether or not the MBA was worth it for you? Marcus, why don't you go first? Sure. I think for me, it was a little bit of a process of backwards planning. I knew where I want to go long-term the rest of my life, but I didn't know exactly how to get there. So the first step that I did was was take a look at what it took to get to the place where I want to go, which is to be the deputy chief of staff for operations at the White House. And then backwards from there, how can I learn the skills necessary to put myself in the best position to do it? So I went through a bunch of different stuff. I actually left the military and went to Silicon Valley and worked at a tech company out there for a year. Realized that was helpful, but not exactly the path that I wanted to take where I wanted to go recognized some gaps in my skill set and recognized that some of the problem-solving skills that I've used maybe wouldn't translate as well as I wanted. So once I kind of did a little bit of analysis on what that looked like, it was pretty clear that the MBA would fill a lot of those gaps and the positions that were available to me after an MBA weren't things that I could get straight from where I was. So I'm going to Bain for the summer, which was my top choice and something that I was really excited about. But the reason that I wanted to go consulting and especially that path was that they're going to help fill up some of those skills that I don't have right now and put me in a better position that in 20 years when I want to go back to the White House, I'd be good at the job that I want to do, which feels super important. Uh, Plus, I'm imagining you have GI Bill benefits, right? I think that's one of the nice parts about the financing portion of this whole thing is because Ross is a state school, I only had 80% of the GI Bill, and this takes 80%. I get in-state tuition, and I get 80% of that, so the gap that remains is super, super low, especially compared to the private schools that I got into. That's great. So, Lex, what made the MBA worth it to you? So for me, I wanted to completely transition into a new career, which I think the MBA is excellent for, especially if you have no background in what you're trying to go into. So my previous life was I taught elementary school for two and a half years. In Baltimore. Yes, in D.C. And then I did community and economic development work in Baltimore for two years. And I wanted to work in real estate and 
learn how to really direct investment decisions. Now, I've been running away from finance my whole life. <laughs> so <laughs> in order to rectify that and really get those skills and that hands-on experience, Michigan is so awesome for. I knew that I wanted to come and get my business degree so that I could move into real estate and be able to just really rock it out of the park with investment and finance and all that good stuff. So the, I made the MBA really worth it for me, as well as the network. The network is everything in the in, in, in the MBA. So, and the community here has been absolutely awesome. And I felt that when I came to visit. So that's something you definitely want to look for in deciding whether it's worth it, whether you're going into a community where you know you're going to be able to build lots of connections that you're going to have for your lifetime. Don't you miss teaching elementary school students? I loved my students, but no. <laughs> <laughs> she spends most of her time teaching me now, so it's pretty much the same thing. I want to know how many times they came in with colds that they gave it you. It was the <laughs> teaching is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so, uh, Shovik, how about you? How'd you make the calculation that an MBA was worth it? Yeah, so I'm from India. I lived most of my adult life in Bombay, and uh, before coming to Ross, I had a pretty weird transitionary career. I started off engineering and I loved that, but then I moved to teaching just like, like so I was teaching middle school students. So it was a little bit of a different beast, but uh, I really enjoyed teaching and I wanted to be in education, but I also wanted to leverage some of my background. So I wanted to move to ed tech, which I did. So we did a lot of ed tech projects in different schools in India. And then after three years of doing that, I felt that while education is awesome, I, I'm sort of, I've hit the ceiling there. And I loved building new products, and I wanted to see how I can take this to a larger scale. And there were a few things available. I could either pivot to a tech company back in India, or I could completely refresh everything and do an MBA. And I did some fair amount of Excel modeling to check whether it was actually worth it. Uh, well, it turns out it, it totally was, uh, because I wanted to do product management. And that's what I was focused on for both my summer and full-time recruiting, which you have already alluded to, John. And I felt that the MBA is probably the only place that lets people with sort of a tech background to pivot to. And Michigan Ross um, was uh, high on my list because it ends up being both Microsoft and Amazon's biggest recruiting pool for MBAs. So, um, so that didn't hurt at all. So that, so that was sort of my main motive uh, in terms of why it was, how I could make that jump. Um, I think it was a function of what I would be getting out of the MBA at the end, which we can get into more details later. So in summary, yeah, it was totally worth it. Now, the calculation for an international student is often different than for a domestic student because of concerns over work visas and things sure. like that. Yeah. Uh, you have had no problem at all. You had at least two great offers, and you're going to Amazon. Uh, what do you say to international applicants who are worried about that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I could run into problems a couple months from now, and I'll find out if my H-1B application is picked up, right? So that's still a little bit of anxiety, a bit of uncertainty there, but that hasn't really changed. It was the same thing many, many years back as well. So what I would recommend, uh, I, I had to be, and many more international students uh, like me, had to be a lot more focused on recruiting uh, because it's the stakes are a little bit higher for international students. However, having said that, that uncertainty is also, there are also mitigations that you can do. For example, in most major tech companies, unfortunately, if you don't get a visa, 
there are often um, allowances that lets you work in Europe. Ireland, for example, is a great place for Googlers that they go to and I know a couple of rosters from uh, the class of 2019 who actually did that. And it's same for, same for other companies as well. So as long as you're aware of those um, mitigants and you, and you can truly leverage them right when you're recruiting, it does help a lot more. Right. Okay, that's good. So, so Lex, let's uh, build on the previous question. How did you decide on a financing strategy? I mean, we got, we got a sense of that from Marcus with the GI Bill. What about you? So for me, I reached out to folks that I knew in my network who had pursued an MBA to figure out what scholarships that they had gone after. And for me, the consortium was huge. And for those that are not familiar with that organization, the consortium's whole mission is to diversify graduate business education with a focus on black Hispanic, Latino, and Native American students, as well as allies of those communities. So the consortium has been amazing for me. I've been able to get a full tuition scholarship through applying through the consortium. And it also, in addition to the financing, the network is amazing because there's 20 top business schools across the country that are a part of it. So you get to meet all of these people who are passionate about diversity and underrepresented minorities within business education. And uh, Shovik, how about you? So I did Prodigy Finance. So Prodigy Finance is a private company uh, which acts as a specific international student lender, not only for business schools, but many, many graduates. I think they have like thousands of different programs that they can fund. Uh, so they fund up to 80% of the total cost of tuition. So that would mean your cost of tuition, but also your living expenses. So um, I got about 78% and I financed the rest with some of my savings and uh, uh, I, I took a loan from my parents, um, which was not a lot, but it was it helped me get started just a little bit. Um, now, this year, there are more lenders available, actually, for international students that not only uh, finance 80%, but they go up to 100% of the cost of attendance. And also, uh, that does not need a collateral. So a lot of MBA ones who enroll this year are actually doing that. That's great. Marcus, was there any financing option that you may have explored that you ultimately didn't take? Yeah, I mean, I think I missed a couple of opportunities because I chose to apply a little bit later in the game than some other folks. Things like the Tillman Scholarship for uh, military veterans at graduate schools is an extraordinary experience with a great network of people that also helps pay for school. Um, I wish I had known a little bit more about the consortium, for instance, on my way in, because I think that would have been a really helpful thing, not only to broaden myself, but also to look at different ways to help finance that last little bit of the experience that I don't get covered by the GI Bill. Uh, ultimately, I certainly have no room to complain. I'm coming to a top school with most of it paid for. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting programs out there that are unique to an MBA-type experience that um, I, I wish I had taken a little bit more advantage of, and I'm, and I'm really diving into right now to try and make that a better experience for me over the summer and then over my next year. I think that's generally true. The earlier you start, the more likely you are to latch on to a scholarship of one kind or another. I mean, there's a general aid that most schools give, and then there are specific scholarships that you can apply for. Mm -hmm. Lex, you're taken care of. You got the full ride from the consortium, right? Yes, that's been great. And then I would also add that in, like, if you know what industry you want to go into and looking specifically at scholarships for those industries is also really helpful. So I was also able to find a scholarship for real estate through the Commercial Real Estate Women Network. So I definitely encourage people to do that as well. Now, all three of you seem to share something in common. You're all career switchers of one kind or another. 
And I think it's undeniable that the MBA is worth it for a career switcher because it's the ultimate career switching tool. Um, but what about people who aren't likely to switch careers? Do you think the MBA is worth it for them? And I'm sure you have classmates who are in that category. Yeah, I, uh, I was coming from tech. So I think coming from there and helping a lot of people re-recruit there, I also looked at jumping back into that space. And I think I came down with two main thoughts on going back into the same industry. One is it, it provides a level of career mobility that you wouldn't have had otherwise. I could have done a lot of things in terms of internal technology, network architecture, design, those types of things. But the idea of going and broadening that skill set and giving myself the chance to promote at a quicker rate wouldn't have existed without something like this. I think that's one. And then two, every one of these industries that we're talking about have a bunch of different subsections that are not necessarily accessible if you're trying to transfer inside of your own company or inside of, of that specific firm. Uh, I think having something like this to broaden out your skill set and show value on a n- number of different levels gives you a level of lateral mobility that you might not have had otherwise. And that was certainly what I found when I started talking to tech companies about potentially recruiting back there. Right. And the doors to Bain for your internship would not have opened if not for the MBA. Without question. Yeah. Now, Lex, what do you ultimately want to do, and will the MBA help you do it? Absolutely. So my long-term goal is to actually start my own investment firm that invests in real estate and businesses in black communities as a platform for economic development, which is why I'm doing the dual degree in urban planning. Um, In the short term, over the next 10 years or so, I would love to work for top real estate firms that do investment in real estate services. And so being here has been awesome for that. And what I love about the MBA, I think it's the most versatile degree that you can get. Like there's pretty much no doors that are close to you, except for being a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. Outside of those three, you can do anything. So (laughs) it's great that you're not pigeonholing yourself and it's a degree that's extremely highly respected. So it's just such a great tool. That's great. Uh, You're a planner, aren't you? I am. (laughs) I love structure and process. (laughs) Uh, Shovik, how about you? I'm not a planner, so <laughs> I don't know. But I think what I'm trying to head to is in about five to eight years, I want to work in a smaller tech startup. The product doesn't really matter, but I want to be a part of the journey to scale. And I think I've, I've been excited about that prospect a lot before my MBA, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, for people who are really not radically switching their careers, there's still an argument that you can make for an MBA that it sort of rounds out your skill, just like Marcus said. But in addition, it also gives you this giant network of people who you can actually tap into and change your goals. You may not want to change your career immediately after, but who knows what you're going to do. I'm going to check on you, Lex, eight years from now. And who knows? Maybe you'll do something else. Maybe you will be in Asia. Who knows? I plan on having a whole enterprise, so there's things that'll be added. <laughs> right. Maybe you'll be invested in her real estate fund. Yes, please do. I'm collecting them all. <laughs> well, um, yeah, if I have some money, for sure. Um, my, my point oh, you're going to have plenty of money. I have no doubt. <laughs> hmm. um, my point is that I think an MBA is an opportunity to, for you uh, to get out of the weeds of the workplace that you're in and sort of open yourself up to see not only opportunities in your function, in your industry, but also get exposed to things that are out there that you wouldn't necessarily be if you didn't come here. So is there anything about the experience that makes the MBA format itself valuable? Marcus? 
Uh, certainly for me. I am taking huge advantage over the time that we have set up as breaks and between internships. So I applied for the FASB Fellowship, which is a group of uh, business school, law school, and clergy students who are going to Austria and Germany to review how ethical decision-making in your particular field would have changed the lead-up to World War II. That's not an experience I'd be able to get in any other time in my life. Um, I'm doing a bunch of independent travel. I'm leading trips with Ross as well. And then just for spring break, I'm leading a group of people back to San Francisco to introduce them to a bunch of different people in tech to try and open up some of those doors for them. Oh, wow. This isn't really an experience you can do with any other type of school, yeah. nor would I really want to. I wanted the network that comes with it and the camaraderie, but also like when it, like my late 20s, early 30s, so I get two years to explore the things that I care about most and learn more about myself. It doesn't exist elsewhere, which is cool. And I, I want to point out that Marcus just came out of a, an exam, an operations exam. Uh, so did Lex. Uh, so it delights me that he can speak so passionately <laughs> about these things. Yeah, I wasn't talking as passionately walking out of the operations exam. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was celebrating everyone. People was looking a little tired, like, but it's over. It's over. It's a magical time of the day. We did it. And Lex, how about you? In terms of the format of the MBA program, uh, anything that you found extremely valuable so far? Absolutely. I love it so much. I literally am having like the time of my life. Just as Marcus said, like the time that you have to completely invest in yourself, both personally and professionally, is unparalleled in the way that the MBA encourages you to do that. Not only in the classroom with the things that you're learning, as well as the experiential opportunities outside the classroom. For example, we have a lot of student-run funds here. I'm currently on the real estate fund and getting really great experience through that. But also just cultural events. We have such a diverse population and the things you get to experience and learn from other people. And the other thing I love about the MBA that I think is different from other graduate programs is that most people coming in have at least five years of work experience. So they have all of this rich knowledge to share with you and that you can learn from them. And so it's been really amazing. I absolutely love it. Now, before we started the podcast, I asked uh, Shobek uh, what the highlight of the program was for him because he's technically finished because he took all those upfront credits. And he said something that really shocked me. He said recruiting was the highlight of the program. Now, that's probably because his outcomes have been so good. Explain that to me. Sure. I was going to uh, say the same thing if you had asked me what's the, what's the format that I like. And I think recruiting is, is this really amazing experience which brings out the best and worst in people. And that's a fantastic way to know who's your friend and who's not. Um, and look, I mean, recruiting is very, very stressful because... Often people take rejections personally. I certainly have. And uh, at the same time, it's this really strange time when random people that you only know for a few months come up to you and help you unconditionally. And I have nothing to offer to them. Like I was a teacher. Sure, if you have a theorem that you want me to solve. But (laughs) um, I guess my point is that people surprise you during recruiting, not only through how open uh, they are to help you, but also to push you in directions that you wouldn't if it weren't for them. So, and Ross does a good job in fostering that community. And, and as I listen to you, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that there are few places in life where you actually get the chance to practice and learn how to interview for a job and to do it in a systematic fashion that you can carry through your entire life. 
And the recruiting process in an MBA program is just that. It really teaches you how to put your best foot forward and how not to get down when you don't get what you want uh, and how to improve at each interview that you undergo, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's also some of the structures in place in the program. Like I, consulting wasn't my top choice like Marcus, but I, I was in the consulting club and they're a machine. Like we have, we have every single week I learned something new and the consulting club especially not only helps people who are recruiting heavily for consulting, but also anybody who wants to improve their interviewing skills. It's such a great place and a great practice within the community. So, Shovik, what's the biggest thing the MBA has enabled for you that you don't think you could have done without it? Well, the jobs that I got, that was... Uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> that, was, that, clearly was, that was clearly right? awesome. But also, I would say that at one point back in 2017, I was debating whether I should come to the U.S. for an MBA or should I just go to an Indian business school. And there are great Indian business schools out there. And the differentiating factor for me was uh, the kind of people that I would meet here. Um, I did a program called Teach for India, which is very similar to Teach for America. And the best thing that I liked about Teach for India was that I met so many non-engineers who sort of gave me uh, a lot more to just generally think about because I approach things a lot more logically. As you know, like I sort of like theorems. Uh, but the, I, I was very happy that I got that exposure and I was looking for a very similar thing out of my MBA with a more international focus. Um, and I think I wouldn't get that if I didn't come here. So, Lex and Marcus, you are uh, first-year students. So I wonder, you know, what advice would you give to MBAs who are preparing uh, to enter this phase of their life at the start of the MBA journey, now that you're almost through the first year? What I always tell people is that both before you come here as well as when you're making your decision process of where to ultimately go to school is to know what you personally need to thrive. Because this environment, it is a lot of hard work. It will require a lot of you. You'll be going through a lot of transitions and experiencing new things and stretching yourself in all these many different kinds of ways. And if you do not have what you need to thrive, if you aren't able to be your best self, then you will not be able to take full advantage of all that this experience can be for you. And so that's going to be different for everybody. But I know for me personally, having a really strong community was a, was very important to me. And I knew that knowing that I could go somewhere I was going to be supported, where people wanted to see me succeed, similar to what Suvik said earlier about how supportive people are here, it makes it so much easier to do all of the hard things the recruiting, the classes, and everything that's on top of it. So really take stock of that. Reflect on what you personally need and make sure that those things are in place or that you have a plan to get them in place when you get here. Marcus. Yeah, I'm pretty active with a lot of veterans that are starting to try and make this decision. And the thing that I try to tell all of them is to, to do two things. To reach out to people at every school that you're even remotely interested in and understand what that school looks like and if it's a good fit for you. And then second is to try to understand what you want to get out of the program itself. So if that's you want to come in and you're really serious about recruiting the way that I was and like you had a goal and that's what you're going to run towards, awesome. If it's you need to decompress because you just spent two years in Afghanistan and you want to like go back to college for, for six months before figuring out what, what's next, that's also okay. You just need to be really conscious and intentional about how you're using that time. Uh, so one of the things that I like to say is that as I, as I help people through this process is understand what you're looking for, talk to the people who have already gone through it, and then take a step back and reflect on where you want to go when it's over so that you understand if the journey itself is actually worth it. And that's been really effective for me. Okay, one last question for all of you. Any remorse 
about making this decision? I miss a regular paycheck. I do. I'll be honest. I do miss a regular paycheck. Uh, but I wouldn't trade this experience for the world. I'm having the time of my life. Lex, any remorse? No remorse at all. I have grown so much in the last, what has it been, like six, seven months since we've been here? It's going by way too fast, uh, which I'm glad I get to slow it down a little bit with a third year and a second degree. You don't uh, want to leave. I don't. I love it so much. <laughs> so, yes, no regrets. Definitely miss the checks, but they'll be back soon. <laughs> Sure. I don't have a remorse. I've, I've just wished I'd done a few things differently. I would have bought more winter gear that I <laughs> just, I got. I was wearing things that I didn't know existed. So, so that, that was pretty awesome. I wish somebody gave me a heads up before so I would make better shopping decisions. Well, and I might add, it's been an incredibly warm winter in um, Ann Arbor. Yeah, Thank today's God. great. Today's wonderful. I've yeah. been, it's been a blessing. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, and um, congratulate you all, really. Uh, you're going to go on to a great job at Amazon, Shelby. You're going to go on to a great internship at Bain. What are you doing for your internship, Lex? I will most likely be in Chicago this summer. Nice. At a very top real estate firm. Still to be confirmed, but right. very exciting times. Well, good luck to you. And thanks to all of you out there for tuning in today. If you're in the market for more content like this, be sure to check out our other MBA Summit podcasts, including our alumni series, Beyond the Classroom, The Real ROI. You can also visit the Michigan Ross website to learn more about what you've heard today. This is John Byrne, and you've been listening to Real Students, Real Issues as part of the third annual MBA Summit presented by Michigan Ross.